0: Hey, Tarts and Craft listeners, it's me, Melanie. I'm just hopping on here real quick to let you know that we had some audio issues with this episode, and it's ironic because uh, that's the theme of the episode, uh, is just how do we make digital experiences flow a little better for our magic community, and... uh I don't know. (laughs) But I think Christine Maitland has some ideas, and she's who we're chatting with today. So thank her for joining us, and thank you for being patient with our audio issues. All right. I think that's all I had to say. Enjoy the episode, and I love you. Is that too soon to say? I don't know. (laughs)
1: Well, we're back.
0: We're back and better than ever. Yeah. Yay. That's right. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. So, so hi everyone. Welcome to Tarts and Craft. Um, we're doing our first. I, I would say this is our first official episode back. We've done a couple check-ins prior to this, but this feels like this is a real oh, episode. Yeah. This, this one
1: has it. a witness, so I feel like <laughs> a little a more,
0: a little more little yeah we are being witnessed currently <laughs> um before we introduce our witness and loving, and I loving informed sh- guest I obviously and loving informed guest, <laughs> yes of course <laughs> I I want to shout out two really good podcasts I've been listening to the witch wave podcast with Pam Grossman is very good Ooh. she interviews all kinds of folks. Uh, her first episode is with uh, the person who runs the Hood Witch. And it's such a good interview. And she interviews people from Drag Race who I didn't know were practicing witches. So very cool. Oh, my God. Love it. And then, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's so fun. And it's really informative. And, and she has a really balanced view. Like, I know that Rachel, our resident skeptic, sometimes That's takes issue. sometimes you take issue with like people taking all of this stuff as the only thing they're doing for their health and I think we like to um promote a balanced approach wherein you can do natural holistic things for your health but you can also go to a professional and Pam Grossman shares that view love it love it um and then we also have um the All My Relations podcast, which I really like. Um, it's hosted by Matika Wilbur and Adrian Keen, And it's just, it's exploring. I'll just read you what it's about. Uh, they get together to explore our relationships, land to land, to our cultural relatives and to one another. And they delve into different topics facing Native American peoples today. Uh, and it's, they, they keep it like, conversational and bubbly but they're also exploring some really deep shit and if you Mm -hmm. are looking to understand some of the just some of the issues that Native American peoples face I Mm. think as Canadians especially we should understand these themes and they talk about it in a way that maybe if you were to read a textbook or something you wouldn't grasp as much and probably the textbook was not written by the right person (laughs) so um I, I like this podcast because it's it's straight from the source. These people have this lived experience and they both have two different lived experiences and they have guests and it's been really um helping illuminate uh certain topics that I've always been aware of, but I think I have a deeper understanding of now.
1: Oh that's... I feel like I should do some shout outs. Those were such good ones. Um I would like to shout out the moon this week shout out to the moon that was a good looking oh hey moon. good looking full moon this week that was fucking orange it was beautiful um and you know what i'll also shout out uh canadian provincial parks while i'm here uh go there's
0: one near you go check it out <laughs>
2: <laughs> those are yeah, my shout go, outs
0: go let look at the moon christine do you have any shout outs <laughs>
2: My truthfully, I've been so hot. I've been sort of buried behind my two, my ceiling fan and my floor fan just trying to survive. So I I, I don't have, I don't have the, 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 the wherewithal to shout anything at this moment.
1: You know what? Fair (laughs) enough. fair. Fair enough. Oh my God. Wait, I actually do have one very legit shout out okay uh uh, if you are in america you can watch it on hbo if you are in canada you can watch it on crave you must be watching the show i may destroy you holy mother of god Mm. it is excellent it is made by michaela cohen Mm -hmm. um it is so good uh major trigger warning on the content but free feel free to look it up at your own time but it is such a good show i've been binging it like crazy
0: um please give it a watch Okay, I'll watch it. The last thing you told me to watch was The Hate You Give, and it was a good recommendation. Oh, I love so I that trust, movie. trust your recommendation. Yay, authority. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think right. it's about time we so talk to our guest. Our, yeah, let's talk about our guest for a <laughs> second. Friend of the podcast, Christine Maitland. She's been on the podcast before. Multidisciplinary theater artist, uh, writer, broom person. Are there any other titles I should be giving you?
2: No, I think those will do for now, because otherwise it sort of gets overwhelming. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> we can keep just saying- I just
3: have too many hats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> too many Unfortunately, house. yeah, too many. Due to COVID, I, I've noted that a lot of things have been changing. And and when we talk mm-hmm. today, it's COVID is going to affect even the discussion we're going to have today. As I wrote notes, I am just like, hmm, uh, I didn't yeah. consider that. So we're going to talk about that.
1: I love it. I'm excited yeah. to hear it because um, I think the key word of, of these past few months have been
0: change in adaptation.
3: So mm-hmm. let's do it. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was even reading um, my, I'm going through the artist's way, and I was reading it last night, and it was like, what are three things you can do to get you closer to your goal right now? And I was like, um, (laughs) no, nothing. Like I could write it all down, I guess, but you know, it's just we're living in a different world. Like today we're talking about using expressive forms, like singing, dancing, theatricality to incorporate them into your ritual. And right now the theater world is, uh, experiencing a bit of an upheaval mm-hmm.
2: I would love I'm a bit of an comment. understatement actually it, 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 I would argue that it, the theater world is it, theatrical worlds are suffering from a shutdown in many ways but there are ways yeah. I think for us to be able to get around that and um one of the things that I thought about last night is that if we're going to be having ritual how is that going to manifest in a time when we can't get together? Or if we do, we're going to have mm-hmm. to do it via social distancing. And, um, and how we can make use of the technologies in order to be able to further ritual. And I think I may have some ideas. Uh, the, the thing that we have to take into account is that we're living in, in, in what I call a Zoom world. Essentially, a lot of our mm-hmm. means of meeting with each other is some variant of zoom or 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 Google or Zencastr or a variety of other things. And we have to learn how to use them to our advantage. And mm-hmm. to do that, we have to take into account the pluses and minuses of having Zoom I'm going to use Zoom because that's that that's what I'm accustomed to. Um, because you have the yeah the I would say that. And one of the things I've noted mm-hmm. doing um, not rituals, but just things like webcasts and um, things of that nature is that unfortunately, we have a time lag. So because of the time lag, you can't do certain things. When you were in a ritual in right. like a group space, you have everybody around you. You can hear everybody around you. You can sing with the group. You can't do that in a Zoom mm-hmm. s- scenario. You can't, you no, know, it is you incredibly can't have awkward. Yeah, it, it just can't be done. So you're going to have to find other ways to work with Zoom and work with each other to in order to make a, 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 a chant or anything work. And here's a funny thing. You recall there's a new movie out, a Will Ferrell film. Oh, God. What's the name of it? Yeah, Eurovision. The one about, the Eurovision. The one about Eurovision. Well, I was yeah, watching yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a clip from it. And it's just like one of the things that they had in the clip is that they showed people who had won um, Eurovision, real, the real Eurovision series before. And a more recent winner is a from Israel named Netta. And mm-hmm. Netta does her work using looping, using looping machines. Right. And I thought, right, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. There's, there is a way to be able to do things like a group chant using a looping pedal. So essentially oh, you'd brilliant. still... Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately you'd still only have one person singing, but the one person could use a looping paper pedal to be able to create what would sound like a group singing at once. And, and mm-hmm. I thought well, that is one way for us to be able to, to make use of the technologies that are available. Um, yeah. So, so that's one thing that came to mind because a lot of the, um, chants that we use, like at least I, the chants that I know tend to be what's called a musical round. And because of that, you know, so you get one group of people singing, then you have another group of people singing, then you have another group of people singing and with a looper, then you could do that, even though it was only one person.
0: That's a really cool idea. Before we get into the list that you have of ideas, can you tell us a little bit about why is um, why is the chanting and singing um, an important part of the ritual for you, and what part, like how is it incorporated in ritual? I know we chatted a bit about this in
2: our last episode, mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. folks who haven't listened to that one yet. Well, the thing with chance in general is that it's a means of raising energy. Or it is a reason means of raising energy. And you'll find that my my often my complaints about chants within the pagan community is that we do the same ones over and over and they have a tendency to be a bit of a monotone. But they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. They can they can um, they can have more for lack of better term they can have more soul to them I can give you an example if you like yeah I'd love it sure we love it. All right, so, so you have the standard like air um, I am fire I am water earth and spirit I am air I am fire I am Water and spirit, I am. Now, I usually do an undertone, an an under chant to it, which would be something like like air, I am, fire, I am, air, I am, fire, I am. So it it sort of helps build things up. Oh, and it also awesome. me. I, I felt invigorated yeah. by that
0: <laughs> It's but so it also- hot in here and I just got goosebumps all over my yeah. head. so that was very powerful <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's it's the thing oh. is, is that yes, it's something that I can do. That's not something everybody can do and 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 um in the days before covid, it meant that you could have people who had the voice to be able to do that extra. And the ones that didn't, that was okay because you still you need, you need two people, three people. You need the people who can do a standard chant. You need the people, mm-hmm. or it would be nice to have the people who can do all the extras. And then you have the people who just can be an audience. They don't have to sing. And truthfully, mm-hmm. you're going to get the people who can't sing.
3: Oh, well. Of course. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> is there a nice, like, monotone baseline for those people?
3: hmm
2: Well, the bottom line is, is that we're dealing with community. <laughs> and when, when you're performing yeah. in community, you're going to have people who can't sing.
0: <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember in choir, there was always,
2: like, a bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I want to be part of the bum, bum, bum crew. It's funny you mentioned choirs because it's it's that was something that you know back in the 90s um a couple of us attempted to do but it it never really sort of I think choirs were were so um seen as part of being more of a christian thing they didn't seem to yeah. take off so much within a pagan context but I could be wrong because, like, I mean, I practiced in Toronto. I have no idea what the Americans were doing. I get the impression, having met some people from California about two years ago, that they may have had a more, been more creative with the whole choir idea. Um, but that's not something that we did here when I was more active.
0: hmm yeah if anyone knows of any uh, pagan choirs, we would love to hear from them. That's oh such God, a: great, That would be so
1: effing cool.
0: That was so powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's a means of raising energy, as you said, and um, have you been trying anything digitally, or is this, are these kind of new ideas that you're going to try
2: out? These are new ideas for me. If, you know, having, I would love to have a looper to do that. Or figure out I'm due to get a new computer, so I'm wondering if I can Mm -hmm. figure out a way to do it online, like to create a looper. If there's an online way to do a looper sort of thing, there must be. Everybody's creating new things, so I'd love to do that. that. I think there's a.
0: Mm-hmm. It's got to be like a, I'm sure with a new computer with a new, like, updated version of GarageBand, I'm sure you'd be off to the races.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so that's something I would like to yeah. experiment with. But, you know, but that talking about raising of energy, um, about two years ago, I was running a class and, on music and on. The raising of power using music. And I ended up with a bunch of students who um, were in wheelchairs and unable to communicate at all, except via a computer. Most of them were, you know, had had palsy and, and, Mm -hmm. or various other conditions that made it such that they, you know, cognitively they were there but because of the conditions they had speech was something that was a difficulty. So yeah. In thinking in terms of I'm, you know, getting creative again, thinking with these people, they have this thing called the passing of energy that they do without voice, which I find to be a fascinating sort of, Means of doing means of raising power without actually raising voice at all. Um, That's and a good- oh. and they do, I'm not too it's it, it's it's more a thing of the mind than a thing of the body. But mm-hmm. I think what they could do is again, they have because they are using a computer to voice, the only problem is. It's kind of like the same Zoom problem. They have a, there's a time lag. So it's one Mm. of the things I think we, as people creating um, ritual, we have to take the, we're forced to take the time lag into account, account with people who can speak, but now, you know, it will be an opportunity for us to look at those with disabilities and letting them have their voice as well within that time lag and figuring out how to best make that work.
3: 100%. I have noticed that
0: um, I've had um, some of my friends who suffer from mental health issues have said that some of the accommodations that we're making in this Zoom era could continue on because it's like, you know, if you have a friend with anxiety where they don't always, they can't always muster up, um, the energy to leave the house, but you're having an online hangout, then suddenly they can join in from home, which is a lot easier for them. And I was like, yeah, I, um, I realize how many times when we've been getting together in person when I've had to be like, oh, okay, you're not up for it. That's that's fine. But it's like, why didn't we Skype them on in? You know, there are things we're doing now that could benefit us in whatever the post-COVID world looks like. We could start considering people who have these, um they're differently abled in whichever way.
3: Hmm. Yeah, ab-
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. actually even gonna shout out uh at this point, um, Back to the, the, the incredible initiatives of um, these kids and teenagers who can primarily speak uh, through computers and that they're cognitively there but have very, various degrees of cerebral palsy and such. Um, there's a lot of my... So my mom, who is the chief of medicine at Blurview uh, for kids' rehabilitation for developmental disabilities, um, they have an incredible music program um, where mm-hmm. it, it, any, anything from... The act of like uh, um allowing uh, instruments to be to be used in a very like to be used by the teenagers and the kids as well, or to just be enjoyed by or listened to. like there's so much initiative in terms of how to um best use kind of song and movement to um, to accomplish various degrees of communication. So definitely check out uh, some of the initiatives at Blurvio.
2: No, it's funny you mentioned Blurview oh, yeah? because my mother used to work for Blurview back in the 70s. So a lot oh, of the God. programs at Blurview... Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mother was a nurse there back in the early 70s when she came to this country. Actually, she, yeah, so it's been eh, 68, 68, 70. And, um, oh, my God. That is such
3: a crazy coincidence!
2: Yeah, it is. Um, the funny thing is, is that a lot of the programs that Blurview has now is stuff that, you know, they were doing back in the day. And it's just funny to see, I, I, I meet people from Blurview a lot or have connections to Blurview. And it's funny how certain things don't die out.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so funny. Yeah. My mom's the chief of medicine there. Oh, wow. That's That's wild. Yeah. I mean, when when they were there. That is such that is a so bizarre
3: hilarious. connection
1: I was not expecting. That's, fuck yeah. Go Blurview.
2: Hell yeah. Guys, yeah. give it up. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's bringing, Blurview. Yeah. I've- One of the things that Blurview used to do <laughs> as well, and, and, and getting back to the whole theatrical component of, yeah. um, mm-hmm. of ritual, is one of the things my mother used to do she used like especially when Halloween was coming around or whether they were doing some sort of theatrical programming, my mother would do costuming for the kids at Blurview. Mm-hmm. And That's do things. so fun. Yeah. And so since we're living in a in a land of Zoom, one yeah. of the things that you know we can do is we have the visual of the screen. And so we have a couple of things to our disposal. We can dress up, we can create um, backdrops either digitally or you can actually like create your own banner or whatever behind you to represent, for example, earth, air, wire, water and fire. You could do all kinds of things that can be seen Um, so that yes, when you're fine. having a ritual and you having people representing the elements, you can use the screen to be able to do that. Or you can dress up mm-hmm. yourself in order so people can see that you are representing those elements.
0: Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I think. I think it can really show the people that you're ritualing with, or chatting with, or whatever. Uh, I think it can really show them that you this was an appointment for you, and it was important when you like dress yourself up a little bit, make a nice backdrop. It's like as opposed to just plunking your laptop down wherever and being like, "Hey, everyone, what's up?" Like, I think when you take that time to treat it as if, "What if we were meeting in person?" That's already raising the energy in a way.
2: Exactly. The other thing though to keep in mind, yeah, is when, when you're doing that is the the issue of scale because you're in a small Mm -hmm. box, right? So you'll want to, for example, if you are a priestess, you're going to want to have, and you have like, say beads that you would wear, you would want them to be bigger or else they're going to kind of get lost in the screen. You know, Ooh, you might want to have, a yeah. you know, the, the robes that you, because unfortunately things like um, I know with the Wiccan church of Canada, they tend to wear different types of cords to represent what level of priesthood they are. Unfortunately, that's not going to be able to be seen when you're sitting in front of a, of a screen. So um, you're mm-hmm. going to, I think, Creativity is going to have to sort of be reached to be able to come up with means of representation within sort of a right. screen phenomenon. So yeah, that's that, that's something yeah, that came to mind.
0: It's the time to be extra. Let yourself um, put on a little more, put on a little more uh, accessories than usual. Oh, absolutely. As someone, yeah. as
1: someone who uh, dresses up in costumes truly privately and alone just for fun. Sometimes I'm a big fan of this plan. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I think, I think it allows for a lot more creativity. And it's also, it's, it's the, it's the stuff that they taught us in like in dramaturgy and stuff of just adapting performativity to various different spaces. Like you're not going to use the same costume pieces on a stage of in front of an amphitheater of 3000 people that you are, um, in like a black box theater with 10 people. Like it's just it's just adapting those to, right. yeah. to another forum.
2: Exactly. That is and so true. One, speaking of, of, of mm-hmm. dramaturgy, one of the things that I, and it's so funny, yeah. I was talking to a friend um, about a priestess named Joy who passed some years ago. And one of the things she used to do in rituals went long before the whole COVID thing. Is that she would do the uh, uh, create a drama of Gilgamesh, and it always it would happen every year. They would have it would be a full play, so they would have all the characters, Darimud, Gilgamesh, everybody, you know, um, the goddess, the whole nine yards, and everybody would there'd be a whole group of people who would do the story. And it's funny, it's due to the Wiccan Church of Canada that I actually know the Gilgamesh story because it's not one that people generally know. It's not like knowing Shakespeare or knowing your mm-hmm. Bible. No. Yeah. Um, right? So, but I, the thing is, is that now that we're living in, a, in an, a, uh, a, a Zoom COVID culture where we're ever watching everything on the screen, unlike singing, where you have to worry about a time lag. It's easier mm-hmm. to do spoken word on yes. on the screen than it is to say. So long as you have a um, a tech person who knows who's acting as the stage manager basically and is able to go from person to person, you mm-hmm. should be able to do stories like that, either having one person telling the story or you could have three or more people involved in the story and having the tech behind to make sure that the right person shows up at the right time. And I I would really love to see, I particularly would love to see goddess and God stories and, or any other stories, Fox stories, Anansi stories, any of those stories, Done um in this sort of manner because we don't hear them that much. Definitely. So that, yeah. that and, they, yeah, really that.
3: and they already lend themselves to be epics. Like this
1: is and for those of you who don't know, to look up um Gilgamesh and these kind of epic stories. They're very um they're I, I think Gil- let me double check that. I don't want to say this is yes, there so it's uh Gilgamesh is from ancient Mesopotamia. It's it's a like Mm -hmm. very early surviving really great work of of um gods and literature so definitely give it a little google i think there's even like a friendly little youtube cartoon video of like the epic of gilgamesh so definitely check that out because a lot of a lot of these
3: ancient stories like
2: yeah yeah go i'm sorry speaking of shout outs for an animated one to see is one called Sita sings the Mm -hmm. blues it's the story of Rama and Sita. Oh my God, Sita. Sita
3: Singh. It's so good.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, great shout out! Oh
1: my God, I, I we had to watch that back in university. Oh, it's so good.
0: I'm it's googling it, it, it right now for my later reference.
2: Oh, it's so great! It's, Everyone it, should watch it. 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 It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant animated series um, feature um, about the Rama and Sita story. Which is another one, just like Gilgamesh, is another one that people don't know. And which Mm -hmm. is ridiculous, you know. It's crazy. It's such a beautiful...
1: Yeah, and it's so beautiful and it's so aesthetically pleasing. And it's such a, like, I don't know, it lends itself to be so easily adaptable to something like Disney. But obviously, like, it's something we'll never see because Disney is...
2: Ah Disney. But um definitely take well, it. Quite a frankly, movie. I wouldn't want Disney to have anything near it, but but that's just me. Uh, yeah, fair. You know
0: what? <laughs> Even a fairer statement.
2: <laughs> that is totally true. Yeah.
0: yeah, I like um I think this can be a time for yeah you know, storytellers can get really creative. I'm working on with a friend, we're gonna do a monologue collective where we're gonna ask people to submit yeah. and um you know, we'll we'll pick some and we're gonna do there's a YouTube option where you can put together a video, like you can fully edit it mm-hmm. and put it all together and then you can premiere it and be like, it's at eight o'clock. And then you kinda get that old school feeling of like, ooh, everyone gather around the TV at eight o'clock. We're gonna watch this right. thing. And like, um we yeah, I think it can be a way to celebrate creativity and then you can Uh, We're going to ask that our monologue people do whatever they want, whether they want to do just like a straight talking to the camera thing or they want to edit something together. And there's some really cool ideas out there. And I love the idea of somebody doing some kind of epic story uh, and presenting it to people who are starved for theater right now.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And definitely the, the call for story, as you say, the call for stories is now. Um, I'm actually on the board for, uh, storytellers of Canada. Uh, and nice.
3: it, it's, cool. yeah,
2: cause I'm crazy. Only I would be crazy enough in the middle of COVID to join a board, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. And it, oh my God. If, if only because to help the board actually represent. So the, the person of color on the board is me, but Oh, well them, them's the breaks. They got to start somewhere.
1: I think a lot of people are going to be very glad that you're there.
3: I th- I think it's I think it's going to be ultimately a very very
2: positive thing. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. getting back to the, the whole, <laughs> what I would love to see is more communities involved in the storytelling cuz at the moment storytelling has a very is very very white right, and, yes. and you know, we need to hear more stories from more communities, um, which is what I'm hoping to to, to push for. Um, I know that Storytellers of Canada really wants to work with our First Nations communities or Indigenous communities, which I'd also like to see. But I, one of the things yeah. that... Um, the thing is, is that when you're doing storytelling, no matter whether we're talking to the Pagan community or anybody else, it has to be done on the terms of the community. So that's one thing that, you know, right. if we're going to turn to, say, the First Nation, the, the Indigenous communities of Canada, it has to be done on their terms and not, oh, look, there's some people, they can tell us stories. It, 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 it's, it's more than that. There's a, yes. there's a culture and history involved that has to be... in part of the process and part of the conversation. That makes so much
0: sense. And that made me realize how often we see shows where people for very good reasons are like, Hey, we would love BIPOC performers, but then it's still their format. And um, it would be cool to hand it over to these people and say like, well, what would this look like in your tradition? What would, what would a storytelling evening look like? And really, meet them at, like you said, um, on their terms, rather than being like, hey, you come be part of our thing and teach us a little
2: something. Exactly. I think, you know, it, one of the things we didn't talk about in, in this discussion is um, is dance, for example. And Yes, I was gonna ask about that. Of course, dance is, yeah, dance is gonna be a tricky thing these days since we can't get together in groups. But the reason why I bring it mm. up is because how the, the issue is is how is dance defined, and so nice. mm. so if you're doing storytelling, if you're doing say Rama and Sita, I've seen Rama and Sita yes. done as a dance production rather than a storytelling production. So you know, and I've been to storytelling in within Caribbean communities where it's more comedy than it is mm, like mm. the standard. Oh, look, there's a white guy telling a story, <laughs> kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, right. You know, it, you know. So, so it, it, we have to be able to sort to, to of have a wider view of... We have to have a wider view, say, of what dance is. We have to have a wider view of what striatics are. We have to have a wider view of what ritual is. What does ritual yes. mean? In, in, what does ritual mean in the context of these communities? What does ritual mean in the context of the communities in the midst of COVID? What access do people have? you know not everybody's going to have access to a computer to be able to do these things so right. what happens yeah. then you know you know do we how do we make use of our cell phones to be able to do to create ritual space there's a question i can't answer yeah. that question but but i'm just figuring yeah. yeah. that out
3: randomly <laughs>
0: I remember um, my sister, when she, uh, I don't think she practices Wicca anymore, but um, when she was really into it, she had uh, chat rooms. Uh, Yeah, I guess you could do this on your cell phone if you got a group chat going, where they would kind of like have like a virtual sleigh ride and they would be like, I'm here with the hot chocolate. And like, Mm -hmm. they would just be very like imaginative and role-playing but it's for a ritual. And um, it seemed like it was cute, like it was a way for her to connect to the people who were in other cities. And there might be a way to utilize that in ritual.
3: Oh, I like that. I would presume that that's already happening. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, it's gotta be. I have seen, because a lot of these communities overlap. So, and I think I've mentioned this before. So. You know, I'm a historical reenactor. I'm a member of the Society for Creative Anachronism. So getting together using Zoom to do what we call bardic circles, where we can get together and, and we'll have different people perform at different times. Um, that's one thing we can do. Or storytelling, that's another thing we do within that context. And I'm sure the the fandom community has the same thing going. So I have no doubt in my mind that the pagan community is doing the same. It's just that I haven't been involved in it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I am sure there's all kinds of people getting creative in all kinds of ways.
0: Um, it's just a matter of making those things, like, I think it's cool to discuss in this context different ideas, because there's people who probably just feel a little lost and overwhelmed right now. And so if they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, I could maybe text my friends and pretend that we're all in a field together. (laughs) Then, um, then that's a starting off point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially for, I mean, like, yeah. And and even, uh, Christine, what you said earlier of like, how do we even define ritual? Like, I mean, as someone who came into this uh, podcast, uh, knowing very, very much nothing, um, to, about this topic, it's one of those things of, like, you think ritual, I think ritual and I think, and I used to think, you know, like, drum circle around a bonfire and dancing and yelling at wolves. Um, where it doesn't really do. have to be like that. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Honestly, is dope as hell. If, if every ritual <laughs> could be that, hell yes. But um, it's also that it's it's uh, it's about accessibility and making it uh, not everyone has a bonfire to not everyone can go outside and everything in between. Um, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's very simple, um, something that Pam Grossman on, I mentioned the witch wave podcast talked about was there was somebody who said they were dealing with mental health issues where they had trouble getting up out of bed. And they were like, I think it gets in the way of me practicing witchcraft. And she was like, you know, witchcraft doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be the full tilt, like here we are naked under the moon at a bonfire, as much as that would be awesome. ideal. She was like, you can lay in bed and you can think like, okay, I'm really going to be present for the next few moments and I'm going to visualize. And, you know, there are much less, there are much less
2: fancy ways to, I think, raise energy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And the other thing is, is that as we were mentioning when we were talking about um, accessibility, we're now having to deal with other things such as um, scent sensitivities. Like Mm, the danger of burning incense everywhere is not necessarily the way to go. Um, we've got so many people now who can't handle that sort of stuff within a ritual environment. So it's, it's, it's a tricky sort of, it's a tricky question. Um, I haven't, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a case of not, it's not only when we're talking accessibility, we're not just talking wheelchairs. That makes so much sense. Like there's even, um, like
0: there's even comedy shows now where they have, um, they have it for people who are sensitive to just loud noises or, and like they're sensory friendly comedy shows. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been to one yet, so I'm not sure what it looks like, but it's usually like, Hey, do you have a comedy act that's not yelling the whole time?
3: <laughs> Come <laughs> do this show.
0: And like, it, um, so there's definitely, we're starting to consider maybe those more invisible disabilities. Like, yeah, I can't be around incense. What do I do as a which You know, we're starting to, or we need to start considering those things.
2: Yeah. I've also noticed with events in general, um, there was one, one, a group called uh, Bricks and Glitter, which is a, a um, an ev- sort of a festival that happens, I think in August. And it's uh, G- uh, LGBT plus, and what they do is they even create quiet spaces for people who are have sensory issues. So if they're at an event and it's just too loud and it's too overwhelming, they can cut out of the space. And you know, I think even in in a COVID world, when we're looking at using Zoom, for example. At least you you can do things like mute yourself out. You can block yourself out of the the screen so you're not looking at everybody. Because I would think after a while, if, if you can't take flashing lights or whatever, having mm-hmm. twenty four like small screens in front of you, that can be just as overwhelming. Totally. As mm-hmm. it, so something it,
0: it can feel overwhelming in a Zoom call too. I've heard people talk about feeling the need to be performatively engaged. Like cause sometimes when you're engaged in what someone's saying, your face looks like nothing. You know, but you know that they're looking at you through this screen. So you want to really like have a face on the whole time. And there's people who are feeling overwhelmed by that. And yeah, it's nice to, I know when I do um Little, my little new moon get-togethers, I tell people like, if you want to turn off your camera so we can't see you, that's okay. Like, And
3: it's nice to have options where it's like, have a little privacy if you prefer. Right. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. any more
2: questions for me?
3: Yeah.
0: What is your, well, What has your practice been looking like in a COVID world? What are you, what are you up to spiritually or what do you want to share?
2: Well, again, my practice tends to be very quiet. Um, I, I keep in communication with many members of, of the pagan community. Um, I may have mentioned, I, I, I lost a mem, there was a member of, of uh, a a priest that I knew who passed away this week, and so I've been having him on my oh, mind sorry to hear yeah he had he had been ill for a while um and i was i that I was able to find out that we that we had lost him um gratefully a friend of mine got in contact with me, so he's been on my mind of late it's been too hot to do the, this is me doing air quotes, the standard (laughs) lighting candles, yada, yada, yada. But it's been more of a case of, it's been more of a case of being mindful of our time together and the things we had done together when we were still friends. Like when I knew him, you know, we, we were more communicative. Other than that, it's, It's definitely a case, more of a case of just being, maintaining um, communications with my other pagan friends. Uh, I think the whole business with not only COVID, but with, you know, anti-racism movement has taken Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. much more of a role in my life than the spiritual side. And I'm cognizant of that. So, um, and I'll be honest, I'm finding all of it a bit overwhelming. So, I think it's, it's some quiet respite might be the best course of action at this time.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think, um, I think that's well earned. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think the anti-racism work people are doing is so. Uh, obviously so important but um if you don't take that time for rest and rejuvenation you can't fight the fight as effectively so yeah I think we're all kind of asking ourselves what ritual can I do that will just
3: get me back to where I need to be Mm -hmm. I think um for me I've been
2: well, I'll be honest. I've been thinking a lot about death. And, yeah, and that totally makes sense. And, you know, and where, and it's funny, the loss of, of, of my friend has made me look at it at a completely different perspective. I'm less uh, in, in, I have less of a fear of it, strangely, now that he's gone than i did previous Mm. to that and so you know i I, i've been i've had bottom line is is, you know when thinking mindfully i'm 50 years old i've lived a good life i you know due to other medical ailments i had when i was 49 i could possibly have not been here now so it's a case of um, cause I was in hospital last year, um, due, due to, uh, lithium toxicity. And, mm-hmm. um, so these, so in, 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 in end, it's just like, I'm, I'm constantly sort of thinking of, I've already prepared my will. My friends know my, what I want. Um, my mother, I think is taken care of. And it's not a case of thinking in terms of what, I'm not even too sure if I'm thinking what happens next as to thinking on a day-to-day and being mindful of what happens day-to-day. And so if you're talking ritual, my ritual is getting up every morning and being aware of the fact that I'm here and being grateful for that.
3: And that's pretty yeah, much yeah, it. I think that's 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 a hell of a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think that sounds a lot simpler than it is. I think that's a huge ritual and an important one. And
1: yeah, I think I think that's actually a lovely place to end. I think I think um, I think ex- accepting the darkness with the light has been a huge part of
3: a lot of our lives as of recently and i think that's not something to shy away from we have to define what we mean by by dark and what we mean by light. yes of course that is that is an actually
2: an excellent point absolutely you know because you know it's it's those are tricky terms to use in these I, days oh
1: absolutely
3: you're oh. Is it better? word for it oh, words are too limiting fuck too <laughs> too limiting. Yeah, <laughs> words limiting. yeah yeah
0: i think when we're talking about yeah the things that the topics that we have cast into the shadows like death um and like even confronting your own privilege or mm-hmm. the blind spots you've had in the past um that's incredibly important work. But like you said, the language around it right now is darkness versus light. And it's like, uh, that's very According important. To we room. forget how much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Maybe we forget how much of that is rooted in our language. Like even I heard the other day, we should stop saying master bedroom. And I was like, shit, I never thought about, I Gross. never thought about why we call it that. Gross. And mm-hmm. I realize how much, how colonial our, our, the everyday words that people just use flippantly are absolutely maybe it's not darkness
1: and light but rather uh uncomfortable things that we have previously society has deemed to be quote-unquote uncomfortable need to be uh that word needs to be removed from the conversation so that we can have those conversations about things that we've been previously told uh don't 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 sorry nobody wants to talk about that go put it in the corner i
0: I think it's that i think we're we're all realizing we're quite bad at confrontation right Good now. Good God, think, yes. If there's if, if yeah. any indication. Oh my God, don't uh, even. So I think it's more, yeah, it's less um, darkness and light and more comfortable, uncomfortable. And it's like, of course, we'd all love every day to be like, we're all getting along. But it's like, that's not the world we live in. So let's focus on those difficult topics and how we're going to navigate
3: them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely beautiful. I love
3: it. Did you have anything coming up that
0: you want to chat with us about? I know we can find you at christinemaitland.ca and I will link to that um, on on this episode, but do you have something coming up you're excited about or ideas that you're maybe looking for someone
2: to reach out and collaborate with you on? Well, at the moment, it looks like I may be doing a gig in August. Nice. Um, Probably a Zoom performance gig. But I'm still waiting on the details for that. I am doing more work with my storytelling. Beautiful. And so I'm looking for – so any venues on that score, I'm looking for for that. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, those are the two main things at the moment. Um, And and also, I've returned to working on my Black history. So if you go to uh, christinemaitland.ca, that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D.ca, you will see some of the new work that I'm doing on Black history. Excellent. And I I have
0: been I've been telling a lot of people about your uh, the many Black Histories project because of what you said about we only ever hear trauma and triumphs, and I think mm-hmm. right now, especially hearing everyday, just everyday lives that we can relate to, that we can, uh, I think that's so important. Absolutely, I. Okay. That is so exciting,
1: and I am opening that in a new tab right now so I can explore it later, and you should do the same, listeners.
0: And I've got sweetest things, the blues, in a little tab for me to watch later. So we've got all kinds of content to explore. Oh, it's a delight.
1: Well, yes, Christine, thank you so much for joining us in our little uh, space of of cyber.
3: <laughs> the space of cyber. Thank you
2: very much for having me.